here are some things that I've learned from guests that I've had on the podcast just this year. It's critical to have a process to connect with and engage your guests in between the interview and the release. I learned that from a conversation I had all about guest management with Jason Cartoni. Video SEO is as, if not more, powerful than on-page SEO. That's something I learned from a conversation with Atiba D'Souza. And social audio is a type of social media that may not get a lot of attention, but can have a really big impact on a business. That's from Jody Krangle. And from Heather Osgood, I learned that the best and most effective ads within podcasts are conceived and planned for well before an episode is ever recorded. And all of that is just scratching the surface. I rarely have an interview that I don't learn something new and valuable from. There are a lot of really, really smart people in this industry, and the single biggest benefit of having a podcast, in my opinion, at least with our role in the industry, is getting to know more of them. Even a show that is tiny when it comes to counting the downloads can have an immeasurable benefit in terms of the people that you get to know while creating it and the things that you can learn from them. When you have the chance to share that knowledge with your own audience and apply it within your own organization, the value starts stacking and the podcast becomes one of the most valuable things that you can do on a week-to-week basis. Now, this show, this podcast, newly rechristened as The Company Show, is not the only place that we're doing this because while there is amazing value in getting to hear the conversations that two people have between each other, there's also a lot of value in creating and having the opportunities for one-to-one time between audience and experts and between individual podcast creators and service providers themselves, not to mention podcasters working individually, connecting with other podcasters also working individually for their businesses. So one of the new projects that we started this year was a monthly strategy and networking call for our community. And I'm going to share some highlights from the last few of them on today's episode. Podcasting to support your business is completely different than podcasting as a business or even a hobby. Whether you need more clients, more attention, or more engagement, you need to maximize the real measurable results in your business as efficiently as possible. The Company Show will bring you the strategies, the tactics, and the expert insight to make it a whole lot easier. Here's your host, Megan Doherty. So audio quality is important and it gets more critical every year. We see this in the shows that perform the best and in pretty much all of the data that is collected about it from all sources. A situation people run into a lot is a big difference in quality between the host and the guest, and that is something that you want to keep in mind as you're planning your show and how you're going to be repurposing it. Here's an excerpt from the strategy and networking call we did back in February, where we had Tom Schwab from Interview Valet talk about the results of his most recent state of podcast guesting report. Up until last year, there were still people doing podcast interviews on the phone. And maybe that was acceptable in 2018, but today, podcasting keeps upgrading, right? If you listen to one of those old podcasts, it's like, oh, the audio is awful. People judge you by that. And I think right now, as here's I am calling in without a microphone from my phone, I'll be the first one to say this. People judge you how you look and how you sound. And it's based on a comparison, right? So if both people sound and look awful, well, it's not that bad. But (laughs) if one party has professional equipment and the other one doesn't, you really notice the difference. And we've been telling our clients this for a long time. We give them all a professional microphone, plug and play USB so they know how to use Mm -hmm. it. But even on video now, you see more and more people using 4K cameras or even DSLR cameras. And it's going to be interesting that if somebody comes back and looks at the quality two years from now, will they be able to spot, oh yeah, that was way back in 2023. 
But it is really interesting because I think, you know, especially right at the beginning of the pandemic when everyone was moving from maybe an office that was well set up or having a recording studio to home, there was a lot of grace extended for lower than normal quality audio. And that is definitely over. The expectations have gone back up and even exceeded, I think, what they used to be in terms of audio quality. Yeah. And NPR, BBC, a lot of those coming into podcasting, they've raised the bar of what is mm -hmm. acceptable. As you can hear from that clip, better quality audio is table stakes these days. Make sure that yours is as good as you can afford to make it. Check out the show notes for some recommendations on how to do that. Whenever possible, do a tech or an audio run through with your guests before you have it, or at least listen to their episodes on other podcasts to get a sense of what they're going to be able to come to your show with so that you can plan how to manage the interview and the relationship accordingly. If a brilliant guest who would also be a valuable professional connection has pretty bad audio, it might be worth going ahead with the call anyway. But an even better move might be to send them a nice headset or a desk mic as a gift. This can be a large investment, of course, but a strong relationship building and overall quality assurance move. If building relationships and getting really top quality audio video content for your show is a priority, it's something well worth considering. Of course, making great content is one of the foundational elements of a good podcast. It's only preceded in importance by having a really clear goal for your show. Something has to direct your efforts. And if you're listening to me here, you probably know that the key goals for company podcasts tend to be thought leadership, audience engagement, or relationship building. Now, growth isn't always a key priority if by growth you just mean downloads, but growth in terms of more interested people consuming your content and getting to know about you and your business is nothing to shake a stick at. It's something to pay attention to when your other goals are being met. And it's particularly something to pay attention to when your other goals for your podcast are being well met. But if you build it, of course, they're not just going to come. So unless you genuinely don't care or won't see any additional benefits from more listeners, then you do actually have to do specific work in a specific order to see traction and growth of your overall listenership. Jeremy Enns of the Podcast Marketing Academy is one of the best experts in the industry on exactly that topic. He takes an evidence-based approach to marketing a podcast, and every time I talk to him, I learn something really exciting and really applicable. Here's a clip from where he joined us on a call to talk about podcast marketing and his new survey results. I suppose my like view on marketing is that the show is 100% a marketing activity. Creating a great show is like, <laughs> there is nothing that you can market it if you don't have a great show. And so like the marketability of your show is probably the biggest factor in growth long term. But I think I differentiate then between like the maintenance oriented tasks or like all the things that just need to happen for the show to exist. And so doing research, recording episodes, publishing episodes, even a lot of stuff like social media repurposing content, I don't really consider that a growth-oriented task. I don't think that usually leads to much growth. If it does, it's very slow general awareness. And it's kind of not something that is a activity that you like do this and you're going to see a result immediately. You might do that for two years, hopefully not that long, but like leading to significant growth. And so I think of growth-oriented tasks more as like the things that are outside above and beyond all of the just getting the show out there that will actually lead to measurable growth. And so reaching out to do collaborations, guesting on other shows, maybe it's writing SEO optimized articles, experimenting with advertising, like anything that is getting you out in front of new people. And it could be free ways to do that for free through earned or owned media, or it could also be through paid acquisition as well. So any of that kind of stuff, as you mentioned, the Eisenhower matrix before in my intro that you gave me there, I feel like it's one of those things that growth falls on that important but not urgent side of things where it is so easy to get bumped off and there's, there's never any deadline to grow the show. If we're working with clients, maybe it's a little bit different. If it's our own show, it's the easiest thing to say like, ah, I don't have time this week. I'll do that next. So when you're getting into podcast marketing and growth mindsets, 
social media promotion is going to come up. And I don't mind sharing that this is a particular weakness of mine. Social media is challenging and sometimes overwhelming. I often feel like getting content out on social is like pushing a rock up a mountain, but without the comfort of knowing that it's a vengeful God making me do it, I'm trying to do it to myself. So much like podcasting, social media and developing a presence on it is a long-term plan. It is not going to happen overnight. And at One Stone Creative, we've been at the bottom of that proverbial mountain for a long time, and we've just very recently brought on a new team member to help us out with it. So you're going to be seeing more of us on social. Thanks 100% to James St. Andre, who's taking over all of our socials. Before we worked with someone in-house, before James came aboard, we worked with a company called Cedar and Sage, who really helped us get clear on our high-level branding and the messaging that we wanted to convey and pointed us in the direction of a strategy that, as long as there's a person who can manage it, was going to be really, really sustainable. They spend a lot of time keeping up with the different platforms whose algorithms we are all at the mercy of. And while no one can tell you everything, they've got some great tips on how to make the most out of each platform. Here's an expert from a call that they joined us for in March. You can have the most amazing content ever, and then you're still at the mercy of these algorithms. And a lot of them are a total mystery, and it's just a lot of trial and error and kind of evaluating what landed and what didn't. For example, LinkedIn is notorious for keeping their algorithm completely hush-hush, and they do their best to like avoid allowing the same things that work on other platforms to work on LinkedIn just to make it harder. Instagram's pretty good at communicating what they want, there's no like Google how the algorithm works. It's not going to happen. But there's a few things, a few core factors that we like to recommend that will help you get around those crazy algorithms. The number one would be consistency. You know, you have to think what these platforms are. They want people to be logged in and scrolling is what they want. So they want accounts that are consistently posting fresh content. I'd say a minimum of three to four times a week. Daily really is good, but three to four times a week, as long as you're keeping up with some of the other tips that we're going to throw out there, then then three to four times a week is good. Engagement is another thing they look for. They want people to be using the platform. So what better way to get people to open the platform than a notification that they responded to a comment or, you know, you got a like or whatever. So responding to your own comments on your own posts as much as you can in a, you know, a genuine conversational way, as well as if you don't have any comments on your posts yet, being active in your niche and in your industry and your community. So commenting, liking, sharing, all of those things on other people's posts, again, in a genuine way, is going to make sure that your account is favored by the algorithm and kind of boost your posts. Keywords are important, just like Google uses SEO. Each social media platform kind of has their own built-in SEO, and it's becoming more important than even hashtags are. They're trying to rely more on these keywords. So you want to make sure that your captions and your profile bio, that they contain relevant keywords to not only the post that you're creating, but also your brand and your business overall. So this way, it's not just that if someone goes to the search bar and searches blah, blah, blah podcast, you want your post to pop up, but it also they use those keywords to help determine and show your content to people. You, know, you might have seen those post you might like. It's recommending content and it's using those keywords as well to kind of get to know each user. And then the one that's unfortunate for businesses is they really want people to stay in the app. So the more times people go to your page and then immediately leave Instagram and go to your website, it's actually kind of flagging you like, oh, you're getting rid of our users sort of thing. You want to drive people you want to suggest your link in bio and your website, of course, but you just don't want to overdo it with every single post that you're trying to get people to leave the site. 
So all of these talks were deep and involved and followed by Q&A, a chance to get personalized answers and direct insight from these experts who are building businesses, working, serving other people just like us. It's a huge benefit to, I know me personally, and I hope also to the podcasters and other service providers who are attending the strategy and networking calls. We also do one-on-one networking and it's a lot of fun. We get time to sort of reflect on what we're doing, learn about new tools and talk softwares and technology in the industry, new ways to approach the work of podcasting. And I would like to invite you to join us. These calls are free. We've always got an expert from our team or the broader industry, and there's a chance to connect directly with other members of the podcasting for business community. And did I mention it's all free? This is something that we do on the third Thursday of each month at noon Eastern. And we're going to be doing them at least for the rest of this year, probably beyond because they are a lot of fun. And you can register for them at onestonecreative.net slash strategy dash calls. The links will be in the show notes wherever you are listening to this episode. I very much hope to see you there. It is going to be a lot of fun and it'll be even more fun if you decide to join us. So thank you for joining me on this episode. Thanks for listening to these clips from these experts. And I can't wait to see you on the next one in about two weeks. We have got a conversation coming up with longtime friend Tom Fox, all about when and whether you should have a podcast network. See you then.